What has violence ever accomplished? What has it ever created? Too often we honor swagger and bluster and the wielders of force. Some look for scapegoats, others look for conspiracies. And an uncontrolled or uncontrollable mob is only the voice of madness, not the voice of the people. I also want to tell you about our next meeting on Sunday, February 12th at 2 p.m., same time, same channel, Pacific Standard Time. I will be doing a presentation on the origins and importance of individual rights. We will be reviewing um, Professor Larry Seidentop's book, Inventing the Individual, the Origins of Western Liberalism, if you can see that. Then we will have a discussion and end with an action to defend individual, civil, and human rights. So to register, go to tinyurl.com slash liberal origins. Um, and we've just released our discussion of term limits in the city of Whittier for city council. And also check out our show on lessons for Democrats from the 2022 election on our YouTube page. And you can find that at youtube.com slash at truth and democracy coalition and remember to please like and share and subscribe i put myself through school as a single mother i did not have the time nor the money to come down here and deal with this idiocracy of fraudulent voter claims like like i didn't have time for it there are working families who cannot come down here on a Tuesday at 10 a.m. to testify. That doesn't mean they don't live here and it doesn't mean they don't vote here. Voting is a very sacred right and it should be easy for all registered voters in Washoe County to exercise that right. At least half a dozen of these measures are not permitted by the Board of Commissioners. Several others are the exact opposite of making it easy for voters to cast their ballots. We have proven to have safe and secure elections in the past, so these proposed changes are not an answer to an existing issue. I have voted in every election since I was of age to vote in 2008. Each time I have voted, I used an electronic voting machine. None of these elections were fraudulent, nor were they fraught with voter fraud claims. Limiting access to electronic voting machines will cause extreme wait times, which will discourage voters and create barriers to them being able to cast their ballot. Think about, like I've already stated, working parents, single mothers, single fathers who want to exercise their right to vote. They need to take time off work, get a babysitter, or bring their children with them. These choices are made infinitely harder when a person has to wait hours and hours to vote. We all want our elections to be safe, secure, and easy. Our democracy and freedom depend on our right to cast a vote in each election. Undermining that right by restricting access to voting is dangerous, especially when it is based on unsubstantiated claims of voter fraud. Time and time again, we have seen these claims of voter fraud disproven. We should not limit voting access based on these claims and rhetoric. I strongly encourage all of you to oppose this. Thank you for your service. The Truth and Democracy Coalition 
was formed to build a pro-democracy movement in America. We educate the public about disinformation, teach people to be critical of the propaganda they consume, and provide critical analysis of current events and social issues. We produce media and educational materials, hold seminars and meetings like this one, work with other organizations, and organize events and activities geared toward building a pro-democracy movement in America. The coalition seeks to build communities of people of different faiths and ideologies to defend and promote democracy locally, nationally, and globally. On the Truth and Democracy podcast, we're on Facebook and YouTube. You can go to youtube.com slash at Truth and Democracy Coalition. Finally, I want to thank you for your support as we advance forward with our efforts to defend democracy. You can find us at truthanddemocracycoalition.com. Now uh, to our program for today. Democracy is under attack in the United States and around the world. In America, the struggle for democracy has moved to the states. Laws making it more difficult to vote and allowing partisan officials to overturn election results have been proposed in state houses across the nation. Your vote at risk, the independent state legislature theory explained. So even though elections for Congress and the president are federal, State lawmakers currently set most of the important details, like how voters register and what times polls open and close. But too many state lawmakers abuse that authority. They manipulate districts to keep their party in power. That's called gerrymandering. Or they make it harder for people who oppose them to register and vote. That's voter suppression. And lately, Congress has been too gridlocked to stop them. So who protects your right to vote? Well, for more than 200 years, governors, state judges, and state constitutions have played a critical role. When state legislatures tried to grab too much power, governors vetoed them, state courts struck them down, and state constitutions set important boundaries. These are the checks and balances that protect your vote. But these guys are asking the Supreme Court to abandon that history, to eliminate checks on their power so they have nearly absolute control over elections. If they win, lawmakers in your state could eliminate voting by mail, early voting, and automatic voter registration. They could set up endless barriers to prevent you from voting. And they could gerrymander you, making your vote meaningless, all to keep their party in power. And there would be nothing you could do about it. This is what the independent state legislature theory is all about. It's an attack on our system of checks and balances, and it would create chaos in our elections. Our democracy works best when power is shared, not abused. These types of voter suppression bills are not limited to state governments. Local governments also seek to suppress the vote in order to hold on to power. Stephanie Vallejo is the leader of the Friendly Hills Neighborhood organization, a group advocating for term limits for Whittier City Council. She accuses council members of unethical behavior and says that the city government lacks transparency. Uh, she, some of the city leaders, she alleges, 
are not following fair political practice commission regulations regarding political records and allowing or allowing unfettered lobbying by the construction industry leading to gentrification. In recent years, the city council moved city elections to a more expensive off-cycle election day, meaning the election is not on the regular election day. Instead, it's on another day, forcing people to come out to vote just to vote for city council with fewer people going to the polls. This helps them control the outcome of the, the election. It reduces turnout and um, that's their way of controlling the outcome of the, the election and suppressing our vote. And many of the same council's members have been on the council for over 18 years and community activists complain that the council is unresponsive to the demands of the community. So let join us as we lift up this local activist and organize locally to promote, defend, and protect democracy. Uh, welcome, Stephanie. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you very much. Hello there. there. You go. How are you? Good, good. Uh, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I decided to listening because of our term limits and I am against term limits because I, I feel that I have the constitutional right to vote whoever I want to and then these other people are saying no 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 you cannot vote for that person I'm I'm taking away your constitutional right to vote for someone and I think that is terrible if you don't like someone on the council run someone that you agree with and have a fair battle one-on-one -on -one or whatever it is, but you should never deny a person the right to vote. And number two, um, because it's really constitutional. And also, um, look into the history of Tip O'Neill, the Speaker of the House. I grew up in the Boston area. I live in Iowa now. And he was elected and reelected tremendous amount of times, and he was a very good speaker. He worked, he worked with Ray, President Reagan um, and everything. And about when you first talked about when you started your committee, you invited the mayor to, to, to come. Um, what's your name, Stephanie? Yes, sir. Hi there. Um, Hi. Did you thank the mayor for coming? Did I think he was going to come? No, did you thank him? Oh, coming? yes. I thank all, everybody for coming. Yes. Okay. And did you offer him allowed to speak? Yes. Okay. They were all offered the opportunity to speak. Okay, very good. And, but you did not invite the developer, is that correct? We did at a later time. Okay, but the first time you didn't? No. Okay, in politics, you win some battles by showing the other person is against you. If you invited him and the developer did not show up, you could always say, hey, I tried to have a nice, open, fair uh, meeting. Everybody could come and speak. But that developer refused to except by invitation. And that is a lot more powerful than saying, I didn't invite him. You, unfortunately in politics these days, you have to win by destroying the other party, which is sad, mm. but it works. And if you, you could have gained brownie points by saying, I invited the developer, I would have introduced him, I would have allowed him to speak for five, 10, as long as he wanted, but he refused my invitation. And when you don't invite someone, that makes you look on the bad side. 
So if you want to win battles, have a forum where your opponent is standing right next to you and people from the audience can ask questions directly. And that is how you win battles in politics these days. But especially about um, term limits. Don't ever deny me the right who I can vote for. Let's say in Russia, they passed a law and they said, Tom Smith cannot run for whatever in Russia. You'd say, that's terrible. Those communists have taken over. They're not allowing people to vote for whoever they want. That will look bad. And that's what you are doing right now. You are denying people the right to vote. And I thank you for the time. I, and good luck with whatever you're going after. And thank you. Thank you, Joe, for your comments. And we really like to hear from people who have different opinions because that's part of the show in reaching out to the middle of the country, um, rebuilding the middle, um, is to uh, understand one another and to listen to what other people say and to acknowledge that everybody has an important contribution to make. I, I know we have term limits for the throughout the country and for senators. Well, not, they're not term limits for the federal, but we do have term limits um, in different, um, we have that in California. And I haven't always been in favor of them either because sometimes I think they're used because one party thinks they're gonna gain an advantage somehow. But um, but do you, ha you have a net response to that, Stephanie? Well, I, I wanna say that I didn't give the whole story about the development and we did eventually end up inviting him and he did, we gave him the floor and he, he spoke, he had an hour to speak to us. Um, there's a lot more information that I left out that was, um, I didn't want to overshare because uh, this wasn't really about that. It was about term limits, but um, I agree with you. I mean, uh, I can understand your Joel, what you said that you have the right to vote for someone. Um, it is a term limit is a measure that's given everybody the opportunity to decide if they want to put term limits or not. They could, they could, um, it, it could go on the ballot and our city of Whittier residents could decide they don't want term limits. So um, I think you have the right to vote for whoever you want and I have the right to uh, put a measure on the, on the ballot. Um, so but, you're, but, you're not, but you're denying my candidate to be on the ballot. I, I totally understand that. I totally understand. Um, but the problem with incumbents, 80% of incumbents get most of the donations. They have uh, name notoriety. Um, people see the name, they recognize it, they vote for them, not because maybe they like them, they know what he stands for. They just recognize the name. And uh, it's, it's a lot harder for somebody who's never ran to win an office. And that's why the incumbent usually wins. In our city, that's the case. Our council members are raking in fifty, sixty thousand dollars per uh, election. Each one of them—that's a lot of money—and they're getting a lot of contributions from outside people from our city. A lot of development comp uh, contributions, a lot of union, uh, the building association industry are, are just outside influence. And and this is part of the the other reason why we want term limits. But I understand your point of view. It's a good one, and, and I, I respect it. Can I ask you, is this Whittier, California, Richard Nixon Whittier? California. Whittier, California. Yes. Yes. Okay, yes. very good. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Yeah, my first law office was in the same building where his first law office was. Yeah. So, yes. so oh. thank you, Joe. We do have term thank limits, you. you know, like for the 
for the president. So it is built into our system. There is some reason for it, but there also is that, you know, people, career politicians are gain experience. You know, you wouldn't necessarily fire an employer or an employee, you know, after five, six years of service, you're just getting their best thing. But then also we have a system. Yeah. Well, like President um, Roosevelt, FDR, his greatest years was his last seven years in his third and fourth term. And you people would have said, nope, after two terms, no more FDR. This country would have been a hell of a lot different. Thank (laughs) you, Joe. All right. I tell you what, let's go to um, Dr. Schultz. This is Dr. Marsha, and I welcome Stephanie. And um, in response, Marsha, let me introduce you. I'm saying this is my really good friend, Dr. Marsha. She's actually my, she runs along with myself. She helps run the Friendly Hills neighborhood. So she's my partner. She's a other person who is also running our organization and uh, our, she's going to be our PAC uh, treasurer. So thank you, Marsha, for coming. Oh, thank you. I just wanted to throw out there that we need to look deeper mm-hmm. and understand reasoning why people are running. I mean, if you're running just to have medical benefits, is your heart in running the city? And is it for the better good of Whittierites? Is it better for the environment? Is it better for um, the culture, the people, the community that we're trying to build? And so I want us to look beyond why people are running. And also to um, look at a broader scope of why we're doing this. So... I just want to throw that out there and I'm honored to serve with Stephanie and do whatever I can for her. Thank you. Thank you so much, Marta, Marcia. Judith, if you want to try and unmute, but I think I have your question in the chat and what she was asking, at least Judith Gray, well, that's a different Judith. Okay, well, do you get harassed? For, for your activism? I mean, she says, I know that a lot of people in other countries can get killed. So when we say a lot of people, and, and it sort of piss, makes me upset, oh, don't make waves, whatever. And the only thing that could happen really is you get shunned. But in other countries, you can get killed for speaking up, uh, imprisoned. So it seems like there's not a lot of risk here for us. Uh, but there could be uh, uh, an assault or we could be targeted. So we're wondering by, by making these types of um, doing this research and engaging in activisions, do you get threats? Do you get harassment? Anything like that? Um, I haven't received any threats yet, but um, I, you know, I, I'm pretty sure that I'm not in the best how can I say this? Uh, our city council is not happy with me. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I just feel that, um, you know, they, they portray me as a troublemaker. Um, you know, someone who I, I don't have anything to gain by doing what I'm doing other than doing what's best for Whittier, because that's what matters to me. And, um, you know, I'm not running for office. I'm not trying to do anything like that right now. My whole thing is pushing uh, Marsha and I are going to push these term limits with hopefully with Susan 
um, because it's it's important. We need it. We need our people to go out and vote. We need e- equality. We need the opportunity for equal representation. We need we need all these things and other things Susan talked about. There's so many other changes that we would like to make to our charter. We just don't have the funds or the time uh, to do it. But um, I don't get I haven't been harassed. I, you know, little things like a few days ago, I had a, a neighborhood watch meeting at my home and I invited um, our neighborhood people near our neighborhood and uh, not, uh, you know, our area, you could say. And um, I decided to have invite some local vendors from Whittier to come and sell their products. And so our our attendees could have something to look around and do after the meeting. And somebody reported me to um, City Hall to the code enforcement, even before my meeting took place, not knowing what I was doing. My meeting always takes place in my backyard, which is private property, not in the front of the yard. And um, the police department called me. They were concerned that I was doing something illegal. And I was like, "Uh, I'm not. The city told me I do not require a permit because they look at it as um, a party. You know, and everybody that was here had, uh, um, to my uh, knowledge, had a sales license to operate in the city of Whittier. So, you know, things like that where people are going to file anonymous complaints or tell on you, you know, tell on you (laughs) type things. But other than that, uh, nothing yet. Um, I do, I did want to, I'm also on the personnel board with the city of Whittier. And um, I I got on the personnel board uh, in 2013. And I wanted to apply for another board, but I know it's pointless because they will never select me because our board members are selected by our city council. So, you know, what's the point? And now they blackball other people who associate with me who also uh, apply for positions. And it's it's angering for me because those are qualified people that are not going to even be considered because they're my associates. So I think things like that, that the city council is doing is is very, um, it's not nice and it's retaliatory. All right. Thank you. You know, and. And I have that too. I mean, sometimes we have do very challenging programs and people sometimes get upset and really don't want to hear anything that they disagree with. And we try to um, allow for disagreement because that's what it means to be an individual is to have your, hopefully have your own points of views and and not just go along with the crowd. So we do some, some critical things. And I want to thank you, Stephanie, for bringing all this information to our attentions. And we're, and we're going to be working together, um, Susan, Stephanie, and uh, the other people in your coalition, and to try and bring um, a better, cleaner, um, more representative, more transparent democracy to the city of Whittier and also to the state, our states and to the nation as well. Two years ago, on January the 6th, our democracy was attacked. A violent mob of insurrectionists assaulted law enforcement, vandalized sacred halls, hunted down elected officials, all for the purpose to attempt to overthrow the will of the people. We honor a remarkable group of Americans who embodied the best 
before, during, and after January the 6th, 2021. I'm bestowing the Presidential Citizens Medal, one of our nation's highest civilian honors. It recognizes, quote, citizens of the United States of America who have performed exemplary deeds of service for their country or their fellow citizens. This is who these people, these extraordinary Americans are. Heroic law enforcement officers, and history will remember your names. They'll remember your courage. They'll remember your bravery. They'll remember your extraordinary commitments to your fellow Americans. It's not exaggeration to say America owes you. Owes you all. I really mean this. A debt, a debt of gratitude. One we can never fully repay unless we live up to what you did. Today is a ceremony to honor heroes of January 6th. As I've said before, we face an inflection point in our nation's history. On January 6th is a reminder that there's nothing guaranteed about our democracy. And defending and protecting our democracy also means that despite our differences of opinion, we must say clearly, with a united voice, that there's no place, none, zero, zero place in America for voter intimidation, zero, never, and political violence. They're completely contrary to the notion of democracy. It's a great honor for me to be at the U.S. Congress and speak to you and all Americans. Against all odds and doom and gloom scenarios, Ukraine didn't fall. Ukraine is alive and kicking. Your money is not charity. It's an investment in the global security and democracy that we handle in the most responsible way. Each of you, ladies and gentlemen, can assist in the implementation to ensure that Americans' leadership remains solid, bicameral, and bipartisan. Your well-being is the product of your national security, the result of your struggle for independence and your many victories. We, Ukrainians, will also go through our war of independence and freedom with dignity and success. And we don't, don't have to know everyone's wish, as we know that all of us, millions of Ukrainians, wish the same, victory. Only victory. This flag is a symbol of our victory. In this war, we stand, we fight, and we will win because we are united. Ukraine, America, and the entire free world. Just one thing, if I can, the, the last thing, thank you so much. May God protect our brave troops and citizens. May God forever bless the United States of America. Merry Christmas and happy victorious new year. Slava Ukraine. I can, I can hold. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs>